Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning. It's time to rise and shine, people, because we've got bets to make and we've got plenty of ways to do it. In this hour, we'll do a postseason baseball preview. Tonight's two games between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks and also our best bets in Rangers-Astros game four. Then at 720, a preview of Thursday Night Football, how to bet on the Jags and Saints game, even with a big question mark at quarterback, for Jacksonville. Then at 7:40, time for some big plus money on the card. We'll do our show parlay and try to get back a huge return. Usually our show parlays are anywhere from the range of 22 to 1 or 25 to 1. Jenks, what's the biggest parlay you've ever hit? I don't think I've ever hit Ooh. like a huge one. Cause I'm not somebody who like routinely plays big parlays. Yeah. I am so conservative. I'm like, oh, you know, plus 225. Let's go. <laughs> I'm such a loser. <laughs> What's the biggest one you've had? I hit a 16 par- parlay a couple years ago, and I had like 50 bucks on it, which was awesome. Mm. And I, I've i said this before, but I don't play parlay. I do, I do little parlays, you know, like all right, $5 here, $10 here, whatever, at, ma- at, at most, because generally they don't win. But there was just every now and then, and I think I've, this is, I think I'm two for four on these. I'll get uh, something will strike my fancy and I'll just look at a card and I'll say, man, I've done a lot of homework and I love this card. Normally I'll say, oh, I really like my bets today, but I can see where they might lose. And of course, that's a possibility whenever you bet. But every now and then I'll get a wild hair where I'm like, man, not only do I like these bets, I have a really strong conviction for like four or five plays. I should just play this and actually I'm going to bet more money than I normally do. And that's a rare occasion because the stars sort of have to align and it doesn't always hit again. But I have hit a couple of those, but it's it's got to just be one of those days where I wake up, I do some handicapping and everything kind of falls into place because those are rare moments. Here's the problem with parlays. Once you hit one, you feel like you're going to hit all of them. Uh, cause yep. I hit one the other day. I was like, God, that was so simple. I should do this every night. And then you start doing <laughs> it every night and then you keep losing by like one leg and you're like, this is why the books make money. So, uh, I know people love parlays, but you've got to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that they have such long odds because they are incredibly difficult to hit. So I feel like there are other ways to do it. Have you ever done round robins where it's not necessarily parlays? But it's like a parlay of each together and like it round robins. So you have to put like a bigger stake down because it's like more individual bets. But that way, if you lose on just one leg, you are still going to be up some pretty significant money because you're doing little round robin bets of all of those parlays. Oh, that's I, I have forgotten or had forgotten about round robin bets until you mentioned them. Don't don't give me ideas, Chelsea. Because I'll have a round robin bet by the end of the show. We can't do that on the. You know what? One of the you need to do a round robin. If there's anyone who is qualified to do a round robin, and they're kind of confusing. You don't you. have to be qualified. You're- Anybody can do them. 
<laughs> I, I get that. But what I'm saying is if anyone has the betting acumen or the knowledge to explain it and pull it off on the show, then I think it's you. This is my goal for you to make a hockey bet. And now I'm adding to the list for you to do a round robin bet, which I think most people aren't familiar with. And I would have to look it up because it's been a while since I heard of those. Well, here's what it is. Say you have, I'll do like the most basic one. Say you have okay. a three-team parlay. Uh, instead of just doing those three teams, it would be, okay, well, we'll just do like, mm, who are some favorites today? Like Phillies, Astros, and then what was the one you were mm -hmm. talking about, the Bruins? Say those three yes. teams. And yes. like you would do a little parlay on the Astros and the Phillies, and then the Phillies and the Bruins – Bruins and Astros. So it's like three separate two team parlays. That's what a round robin is. And you do yeah. it by however many teams that are in the round robin. So like you can do as many teams as you want, but that's the gist of it. So like if you lose by one leg, you're not completely screwed. But if you do lose all of those bets, uh, you will lose your entire stake. So oh. <laughs> they're not super simple. And I always wonder, where did the term round robin come from? Because it's used a lot in mm. sports. And I'm wondering, yes. like, who was the robin that this was bound based off of? Was it simply the alliteration? They're like, what's an R word? Uh, robin. Let's do that. Round robin. Guy named Robin. Big guy. Husky guy. Round robin. And he loves to make these weirdo bets. And they said, ah, it's old round robin. He loves, uh, you know what? Hey, what are those bets? Ah, we just call them the old round robin. The old round robin. I don't know where that comes from. That's kind of an old But it's a term. term in tournaments too. So like it's not yes. specific to betting. So you see it in like soccer. You see it like I remember in softball tournaments we had it round robin because I think they didn't want the parents to drive all that way only for like their kids team to be eliminated in one game. Like you don't want to do single elimination games in like a 12-year-old girl softball tournament. So I'll have to do some digging on that. Uh, but we'll see if we can find the original meaning and usage of round robin. All right, so let's get to these <laughs> baseball plays because uh, we do have quite a few, uh, at least that I'm thinking of, in these NLCS and ALCS matchups. Let's start with the Phillies and the Dimebacks. Phillies minus 130 here, Dimebacks plus 110, total of nine runs. Ranger Suarez gets the ball for the Phils. Brandon Fott goes for Arizona. Jenks, my first indication of this game was the Phillies at minus 130. This feels like a bargain. Yes, it does. And I would be all over the Phillies just out of, you know, sometimes there's just a bet and you say, I can't believe this price. I cannot believe you're getting the Phillies or can get the Phillies at minus 135. Like that's unbelievable to me. And Brandon Fott is on the mound. Here's the thing. He is, he is a very hit or miss pitcher. He's a young kid. And he has really good stuff at times, but his ERA at home this season is over five. And also, is he ready for this moment? This is one of the things that I think you have to take into consideration when you talk about a playoff series. One of the reasons why I like the Astros last night is because I thought, well, A, I, I like the handicap, but B, the moment will not be too big for them. They have been here before. Will the moment be too big for Brandon Fott against this absolutely scorching hot Phillies lineup? Yeah, I think it will. And I, you can make the argument, okay, well, the Phillies aren't playing in Philadelphia. I don't think it matters where they play right now. You can put them in a little league park. You can put them in a soccer 
a soccer field over. It doesn't matter where you put them. They're just going to knock the ball out of the park. Like the Phillies, it's rare that a team catches fire like they have caught fire, especially over the past month. The Phillies are averaging 5.7 runs per game since August the 1st. That's an incredible streak in baseball, an incredible streak of scoring, and we've seen that bear out in the playoffs, so I don't think it matters. And that's not 5.7 runs per game at home. That's just overall. So I don't think this series shifting to the desert moves the needle for me as far as, oh, well, maybe Philly won't hit the same. No, I love the Phillies at minus 135. Right. Do we expect Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and Kyle Schorber and company, Nick Castellanos, to all turn back into pumpkins just right. because they're playing on the road? These are not young guys. These are postseason-tested veterans who have done it time in and time out. Every single time in the NLCS, it feels like Kyle Schorber just takes it to another level. So I think that's the bottom line for me. Yes, this series is shifting to Arizona. Arizona, you know, obviously gets a little bit of a, a push there because they don't have to play in front of the fans in Philly, mm-hmm. where Philly has one of the better home field advantages in all of baseball. But still, it's still the same hitters. They are still very good. And I think they have the better pitcher in this matchup. Ranger Suarez, despite being a number three pitcher, it's a pretty solid number three, in my opinion. Uh, so I yeah. think you're getting some value here on the Phillies. Only minus 130 going against Brandon Fott, who is very much a young guy who is not probably prepared for this moment. Moment Gave up four runs to the Dodgers. So I think I like the pitching matchup better. I like the Phillies bullpen better. I think they have mm-hmm. more arms in that bullpen. Uh, they're the deeper uh, staff and also one of the best uh, bullpens in all of the postseason standing. I think they have an ERA below two as a team. So I'll take the Phillies here, minus 130. It seems almost fishy to me that they are only minus 130. Would that take you off of this bet? The fact that it seems too good to be true? I, yes and no. And there's that fine line between this seems fishy to me and also there's just a lot of value here. And, And to me, I err on the side of, yes, it seems small, but also it's just... It, 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 I feel like there's value here. So that's kind of a fine line. And maybe it's both, right? Because sometimes you're like, oh, there is value because this is so fishy. It's, it's a little fishy, but also I think this has to do with the fact that it is playoff baseball. And when you're talking playoff, even though the Phillies have looked dominant, at the end of the day, if this were a regular season matchup, this would be juicier, I feel like. But because it's the playoffs – because run scoring tends to be at a premium and because games tend to be, you would think, closer, then I, I think that's maybe why you're not paying the premium that you would normally play or pay on the Phillies in this spot. I'm still on it. What do you think about the first five? Because we do a lot of first five bets on this show, and here's the reason why. If you play a first five money line bet and it's 0-0, zero, zero, you're not going to lose your bet. You at least get a push. And here on the show, we're fine with pushes because if you play the full game, there is going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. Uh, So if you feel like it may be a close game and you really like the starting pitcher matchup for your side, it is a little juicier at minus 140, but I think that is a solid option as well. Uh, Let's get to the other game because we've talked quite a bit about the Phillies and the Dimebacks, and it feels like we have a clear side there taking the Phillies. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the ALCS game four between the Astros and the Rangers. Tight turnaround here. Uh, Jose Urquidy gets the ball for the Strohs. He's 1-0 with a 318 ERA in the postseason facing Andrew Heaney, who has a 245 ERA in the postseason thus far. 
For me, the takeaway in last night's game is that Texas is running out of arms. So if Andrew Heaney struggles early on, I feel like this game is definitely going to go in the way of the Astros. Do we have a line on this game just yet? Uh, Do we have it here? Okay. Astros even money. Rangers minus 120. Total of nine and a half runs. The Astros at even money plus money on the Strohs again. Chase, am I going to have to take the Astros here? You might have to. Here's how I'm going to play this. I do like the Astros in this spot. But what I like even more, and I can't decide if I'm going to play it or not, little juicy, shocker, I know, coming from me, first five over four and a half is minus 150. And I really think we're going to see something similar to what we saw in yesterday's game. I don't trust either of these starting pitchers. I just don't. And I think these bats on both sides are going to get hot early. Jose Urquidy has an ERA of over five. And I don't know if you buy into day-night splits, but at night, now they have a pretty good sample size. He, he pitched in 10 games at night this season, ERA of more than six. Opponents hit 293 against him. And Andrew Heaney has essentially made the transition from part of that rotation to an opener. And he sort of had mixed results, was was good against Baltimore in his one playoff start, gave up one run in three and two-thirds. But he faced the Astros back on September 4th. He got hammered for five hits and three runs in four and two-thirds innings. These were two of the top five teams in the first five in all of baseball. And I understand that that's relative, right? Just because you're leading doesn't mean you score a lot of runs. But you got to score runs if you want to be ahead. I think first five overs to play. It's minus 150 over four and a half. I think that's where I'm going. I do think we see a lot of run score uh, in this one. Last night, even the times where hitters were connecting and it was an out, it was a fly out at the warning track. We saw so much good connection from both sides uh, when it came to these offenses. I was looking for a way to, to use this to my advantage. The earned runs prop for Andrew Heaney is one and a half. But it's minus 180 to the over. So it feels like I can't really play that. It sucks because there are no alternate lines there. That's kind of the one that you have to to choose. But the outs prop for Andrew Heaney, 11 and a half, very low. But we saw last night, this was kind of strange to me, how long they left Max Scherzer in this game. I'm wondering if they're going to do the same to Andrew Heaney because Max Scherzer was getting lit up. And they're like, well, we'll let him ride because they have real bullpen issues uh, for the Rangers. I just feel like yeah. the Astros are the better side here. Like, I know you don't want to trust Urquidy, but right now, the Astros, this team's red hot on the road. They've won 17 yeah. of their last 20 games on the road. They have played especially well at Globe Live Field. So I think at even money, that's the play for me. The Astros, uh, even money to win the game, or you can take them in the first five. Either way, I think it's a Stroh's kind of night. I think it's another win for Houston. Oh, that sounds like a beer commercial. Oh, there used to be a beer named Stroh's. That's why. It's a Stroh's kind of night. Mm, I remember. Does anyone remember Stroh's beer? Probably, I, 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 I think that was on its way out when I was born. But it's a Stroh's kind of night. Chelsea, I'm not talking off of that. I like that quite a bit. Astros even money. Lego. Ooh, if we're talking Texas beers, now I want a Shiner. Shiner box really good. And my oh, first yes, Shiner at a Stroh's game. Uh, it was delicious. All right, on the other end, we're switching gears to football. Time to talk Thursday Night Football, our best bets for Jags and Saints after the break.
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we're back. Happy Thursday. Happy postseason baseball season. And also, we have football season. We have Thursday night football popping off. And also, basketball's right around the corner. Jenks, this makes me nervous. Because then, we will be handicapping almost all of the sports. And I've seen, like, my timeline pop up with some, like, Mm preseason action for NBA. And I am trying to wrap my head around it. Because NBA is one of those sports where you kind of have to take stock after the the offseason because so many trades are made, so many new faces, yeah. and there's just like so many like little things of drama that are like brewing under the surface that you really have to take account of of like which players don't get along with this player, which players making a comeback. I saw something pop up on Twitter the other day that somebody okay. had to of Ben Simmons. And I was like, man, I didn't even know he was still playing. What's he up to? Uh, so it just it feels like you get caught off guard so many times yeah. uh, when you haven't been paying attention to a sport because obviously we're knee deep in football. We're knee deep in baseball. Yeah. And you are still kind of knee deep in hockey as well. So does it make you nervous adding another sport to the mix? Yes. I can. My brain can only handle so much. I'm dealing with a cracked rib right now. I got a lot on my mind. I can only handle so much. Now I got to learn about something else. It's not that I don't know it, but there's a difference between knowing the sport and, oh, handicapping the sport. That's Mm -hmm. very, very different. So, yeah, I can talk NBA just like you could talk NBA. But if we just randomly start up handicapping the NBA, well, then that's different. I I was supposed to do this hit the other day. It ended up not working out because there was some sort of – it was a television hit in New York City. It didn't work out because there was some sort of, I guess, sponsor conflict or something. But I did all of the research before this thing got canceled. And I mean, I have a litany. I have a whole list of NBA futures based on position. And I didn't know that off the top of my head. So I had to do a deep dive and say, well, I like this future here. Maybe you can make some money there. And so I'm trying to get into it. But even then, it just takes a long time. And it takes more of a sample size when a new season starts to say, okay, I'm going to start handicapping right now. Like even with hockey, I'm trying to get into it. But it's so early in the season. The sample size is so small. So you have to go back to last year. It's just a lot harder. I know. Even though I am ready to see some of the antics of NBA players back on my timeline, last night we the saw drama. Kyle Kuzma's new hairstyle, which was all over bleach blonde, and then a dyed, uh, it looks like a kiss, like a lipstick kiss oh, God. on his actual hair. Did you see this, Jenks? Like Kyle Kuzma is known for doing like wild things with fashion and what he wears. I didn't see oh, this God. one coming. Like there, maybe there's some meaning behind it. I don't know, but it just feels like it's uh, something that he's just doing for attention. Like that's what I feel like all of this is. Yes, this is this is terrible. Like this is terrible. This is just a cry for help. This is someone who just wants the spotlight because there's no there's no rhyme or reason to get a hairstyle like this. Like none whatsoever. It's just 
this is a look at me hairstyle. Anybody can do this. I mean, if you're willing to do it. But Kyle Kuzma, like you said, is sort of known for this anyway. And so he's got to do something to say, oh, how can I get people's attention? How about a blonde dye job and then uh, uh, red lips right there on the side of my head? There's no way this is this is trying to be stylish or it's something that's going to come into vogue at all. It's just saying, hey, I'm known for this and now I'm just going to I'm going to lean into it all the way. I think that too. And then I'll see like a list of the best dressed like NBA players from Vogue or something. And they're like, oh, this guy just dresses impeccably. I'm like, what? The guy that's wearing a kilt? Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> he's wearing a legitimate skirt and, you know, like some biker jacket. I just, it doesn't seem like it even matches, but that's how much I understand fashion. It's fine, whatever. That's not our line of work. What our line of work is, is giving out oh. some plays uh, for some games. So let's do Thursday night football tonight between the Jags and the Saints. Let's do a uh, look at the line first. We've got the Saints, one point favorites here, a total of 39 and a half, 40 at some places. And the big question mark here is, Will Trevor Lawrence play for the Jacks? If it's not Trevor Lawrence, who's dealing with a knee sprain, it's going to be C.J. Beathard, uh, a career backup. We've seen him in spots for the 49ers. But it does feel like Trevor Lawrence probably will play. The adjectives that we've seen are, you know, probable, optimistic. I think that's an adjective, right? Uh, but the words surrounding have been like positive connotations. So it just kind of feels to me that Trevor Lawrence will play. Uh, I don't yeah. know how healthy he will be, but it feels like he will play. Once he is announced, mm, or I guess if he is announced that he's pl going to play, do you think this line moves mm -hmm. in a certain direction? Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of feel like that we might see this shift to maybe the Jags being a slight favorite. You have to take the injury into account. But I said this before, and I, I know it sounds such so basic to say. Like, the Jags are the better team. There's no question about that. They've won three straight. They have a, a much more potent offense. So if you're talking about, oh, well, the Jags are the better team, but can they cover this point spread? That's different. But the Jags, as a dog, or at even money, just I, I, I would be on Jacksonville here. I just feel like that if you're getting them at a coin flip of a price, Take the better team, and they are the better team. There's no question about it. And and Trevor Lawrence, I, I feel like that even Trevor Lawrence at 80% is going to be better than anything the Saints can throw at the Jags. Maybe they lean on Travis Etienne, but they have much better receivers. The Saints offense just doesn't move the football at all. They had one decent outing against the Patriots. So I, I like the under much better than I like a side here, and you can certainly make a case for the Saints if you're thinking, hey – Trevor Lawrence, if he's banged up, maybe he's ineffective. Or maybe we find out. Maybe the line is telling us that the books know that Lawrence is not going to go and it's going to be C.J. Beathard. I'm not quite sure. So maybe that's a part of it as well. It's a real roll of the dice here. But I think if Lawrence does go, I will be on the Jags. The question is, will he? And we really don't know the answer. I think regardless of if he plays or not, I'll still be on the under. Uh, because if he does play, you will see this tick up maybe a little bit. It opened at 42 and a half. It's sitting at 40. And I think a lot of that has to do with the quarterback news. So I think you get some added uh, room to yeah. play there. It's still a short week. It's still going against a good Saints defense. And it's a Saints offense that's really had trouble in the red zone. They're only scoring touchdowns on 36% 
of their red zone opportunities. Maybe they get better at some point, but I think a lot of that just kind of shows the pedestrian nature of this offense led by uh, Derek Carr. So I think I have trouble trusting the Saints here, even at home and even against the Jags team that's kind of situationally in a tough spot. Because think about it. It's been kind of a tough start to the season for the Jags. They spent two weeks overseas. Now this is a very tough road game, having to go to New Orleans, playing in front of a raucous crowd in a night environment at Caesar Superdome. Uh, so I don't want to pick a side here. I think I'd be with you on the under, though. Primetime unders, we've said this every single show, have been the play, hitting it over a 60% clip over the last four seasons. So that is not a small sample size. So I think that's the way to go. Or maybe you look at some props. So the the two guys that I would be targeting here would be both of the running backs. You either look at Travis Etienne if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play. And even if he does, if he is hobbling around, you simplify the offense. It's a short week. And you lean heavily on the running back. Either it's going to be his re- receiving prop. I think it's 19 and a half. Or rushing plus receiving. We have two similar running backs in this position, running backs with good hands that can catch passes. Alvin Kamara, same deal with him. Uh, He has been a target monster for the Saints ever since he has come back. We have no uh, Jamal Williams in the picture to take away any of the carries from him on the running back side of the ball. And also, the Jags have given up the third most receptions to opposing running backs. So the matchup is also good for Alvin Kamara in the receiving game. So I think I would look at those two guys Jenks, who do you like props-wise for this game? Well, I'm thinking Travis Etienne at plus money, depending on where you get it. You can get it right now at plus 115, I believe, at BetMGM, plus 110. It's fluctuated a little bit, vacillated. To score a touchdown. To score a touchdown, yes, anytime touchdown. And the reason why is, is because of the quarterback situation, because we don't know who is going to play, but regardless, whether it's a backup or whether it's Trevor Lawrence, you're not getting, you're not getting a quarterback at, at his max level. You're getting either a backup Mm -hmm. or you're getting Trevor Lawrence at 80%, right? So, so you're a little bit hamstrung at that position. So what does that mean? I think it means you lean on a guy like Travis Etienne who can catch the ball out of the backfield, who obviously rushes the football quite a bit and, your sabotage factor is that the Saints are very good defensively against the run. But I feel like because Etienne can do so very much out of the backfield that even in a even in a tough spot against this tough defense, if the Jags are going to score, they will find a way to get it to him. And also, this guy has been unbelievable over the past two weeks. He has four touchdowns over the past two weeks. Two touchdowns last week, two touchdowns the week before that. So I feel like they find a way to get him more involved to take pressure off their quarterback situation, no matter who is under center tonight. And it's a plus money. So ETN, anytime touchdown, plus 115. I like that. I think anytime you have a running back that has good hands, that's two Mm -hmm. ways he can get into the end zone. Yes. Whether it's taking, you know, the handoff or one of those little dumpy passes that both these quarterbacks probably will be making tonight. Uh, Because I do think it's going to be a low scoring affair. I think that's your sabotage factor is that if you're expecting an under, touchdowns Mm -hmm. may not be a plenty. So maybe it's just not going to be the amount of opportunities that you normally get, but it's also a plus money play. Um, I feel like this is not going to be one of the better watching uh, from a watching perspective. Doesn't feel like it's going to be one of the better games. I'm just wondering if we ever see this Saints team 
that actually had pretty high expectations. Like, remember at the start of the season yeah. where we looked at their schedule and we said the Saints could win like 11 games this year just because their schedule is that yeah. easy. But so far, the Saints offense has been so god-awful. And that's a, the reason why they've been 6-0 and to the under this year, uh, that it's just been hard to trust them. So it just doesn't feel like they're the juggernauts in the NFC South. This would be a big win for them. But still, do you think we'll ever see the Saints team that we expected to see? No, I don't. I mean, maybe the Saints are frustrating to me. I would be the first to tell you I was wrong about New Orleans. I really, I love the fact that they got Derek Carr. And I thought, wow, with the weapons that they have, and they already have a salty defense, which is why I like the under tonight. They, the under is hitting every single Saints game this season. I thought now that they have a legitimate quarterback, they could do some damage, especially with that schedule like you talked about, and they just haven't been able to put it together. So I guess Derek Carr hasn't quite been the 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 boon that I thought he would be to that offense. Maybe it clicks, but there's something off, and I really don't know what it is. I know they're a little bit older. You know, Michael Thomas isn't, you know, quite the receiver that he used to be. Kamara's still very good. Like, they have talent. Carr can sling it around, but for some reason, it just hasn't clicked. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if Carr has fallen off his game a little bit, which is why the Raiders were willing to let him go. But whatever it is, it hasn't come. And I don't necessarily see it because at this point in the season, especially when you look at their schedule, a schedule that, again, hasn't been <laughs> very difficult, they should look better, and they just haven't. The Eagles are different. Like, the Eagles, I feel like, eventually will come together. They have a new offensive coordinator. They will come together. They will be that team, I think, that we saw last season. I don't know if it's in the cards for the Saints. Well, yeah, I think the Eagles are on a much higher tier than the New Orleans Saints. Yes. I think a lot of us kind of like the Saints just because their schedule was, I believe, the easiest in the NFL. But looking at the spread in total, it makes me think that this could be a good game for a same-game teaser where you get six points in your favor, bump up the total to 46, hit the under, and then you take the Jags getting seven points. Is that something you would be interested in, Jenks? I'll tell you one thing. I am definitely, I am doing a, I finally figured it out. I could not, I'm just doing one bet today because I had a good day yesterday and I don't want to ruin that feeling. So I'm trying to figure out how in the hell am I going to play this game because the total is low. So what I'm going to do, Chelsea, is I'm going to do a two-leg parlay. I'm going to do a hockey money Ooh. line pick and I'm going to, yeah, which I really like. And then I'm going to pair it with under 47. So I'm going to do a seven point. I'm going to get seven points, bump it up to 47, and then hit the under and then pair that with a money line pick in hockey. And it's minus 122. I just, I feel very confident in that, even though I know it's too like parlay, but there's just no way. I, I feel like under 40 to get it. I definitely feel confident in under 47 hitting. I feel like I'm missing out on a whole other world because I'm not betting on hockey. Do you feel like favorites in hockey are a pretty solid play on a nightly basis? Yeah, if you find the right spot, absolutely. And sometimes you can find some some plus money dogs that are worth it. And, and totals in hockey are fun. It's become more challenging, though, because scoring has increased. So instead of sixes, you see mm -hmm. a lot of six and a halves now on the board. But yeah, hockey, especially you know, in, a, in a spot like this where you can pair something with a huge money line favorite i think it just gives you another way to be creative yeah and that's what we're trying to do 
Find all the angles and be creative with our bets. Uh, That's us here on The Daily Tip. We'll be back after the break uh, with our show parlay. Big plus money on the card. Stick with us. That's next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Thanks for tuning in. On this Thursday, October the 19th, in just a few minutes, we'll give you our show parlay where each member of our staff gives a leg that they like. We combine it up into a big plus money parlay, and hopefully we can win this time. We have not hit one yet so far this football season, (laughs) but we've been very close. So maybe our time is coming. And you know whose time uh, is finally back? Creed. Did you see that the members of the band Creed were at the Rangers game last night? Don't know if you remember not. hits such as uh, With Arms Wide Open, Can You Take Me yep. Higher? But Creed oh, used yeah. to have some bangers. And people make fun of Creed a lot, I feel like. But somebody was listening. It's the same thing as like Nickelback, where people are like, oh, Nickelback so bad. I'm like, well, if they were so bad, how were they so popular? Somebody yes. was listening to their music. So I feel the same way about Creed. Yeah, I also feel too that, you know, at some point it becomes just very trendy to hate on a a person who's just in the spot. Like Nickelback is the perfect example. Everyone hates on Nickelback. And I, I've done that before because it's low-hanging fruit. It just becomes, mm-hmm. oh, you just hate on Nickelback. It's really easy to do, but really... There's nothing to it. I don't. I can't tell you much about Nickelback. I think I probably have a few Nickelback songs that obviously they were huge for a reason. Still have a big following. It's just become so trendy not to like them that people kind of jump on that bandwagon, even if they don't really have a legit reason. Like if you if you can sit in front of me and explain to me, like let me tell you objectively why I don't like this band. Okay, but I feel like most people can't even do that. Right, and nobody's forcing you to listen to music. That's the thing about music. Like, it's not for everybody. It's for people who like it. It's like, you know, any flavor of ice cream. Like, there's pistachio ice cream, which I don't understand why anybody would eat it. It's like bright green. It looks disgusting. But I have a friend that lives for pistachio ice cream, and that's fine. Like, you don't have to like it. There is somebody out there who does. So I feel that way about music. And I just feel like the hate is unwarranted. It's just, like you said, it's very low-hanging fruit. But... Do you think they will uninvite Creed now that the Rangers have finally lost in the postseason? Because (laughs) I think they invited them there because the Rangers had made this ritual of listening to Creed and they were winning all these games. Then they finally get the band in their presence at their home field and they lose a game. Mm. People love doing this. Like if celebrities in attendance and your team loses, it's automatically that person's fault. Like when the Chiefs finally lose with Taylor Swift in the building, everybody's going to point their finger at Taylor Swift and say, this was your fault. Good. You can't show. What needs to happen is the Chiefs need to go on a two-game losing skid with Taylor in attendance for both games, and then it'll be like, hey, Tay-Tay, it's time for you to go back on tour. 
it's time for you to head to Venezuela or wherever you're going and continue the Eras tour because the Chiefs are losing because of you. And I can't wait for it to happen. <sighs> well, I knew that was coming. We know that Michael yes, Jenkins is not a huge Taylor Swift fan or the fan of the cult of Taylor Swift, as he likes to correct us. Uh, but let's get to our show parlay and get some big plus money so everybody will be happy. Everybody gets one pick. We put it together and try to go a perfect 5-0 and for the weekend. So, Matt, let's start with you. Who's your pick for the show parlay? I am going with the team that has... One of the best defenses in the NFL against a backup quarterback. Give me the Browns on the road to take down the Colts. Ooh, I do like their defense, but I hate playing teams like fresh off a huge win. Like, does that ever enter your mind that like maybe the market's a little too high on the Browns because their offense still has some work to do? Yeah, I mean, it makes me a little bit nervous, but at the end of the day, like with Gardner Minshew, he threw what, two or three interceptions last week? Like, it's not going to be any easier for him this week. No, it certainly isn't. That defense has the full capabilities of making any quarterback look absolutely human. Uh, next up, we'll go to David. David, I know you have a college pick for us. Who do you like? I am taking Alabama at home versus Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee might be one of the more disappointing teams in the SEC this year. Uh, Milton just hasn't had it. That offense isn't humming like it was last year. And I think this might be the the get-right game for Milrow. So I'm going to take Alabama minus 8.5 for minus 110. Ooh, David taking a favorite? This feels Whoa. odd. Usually David is going to the ranks of college and picking out those plucky underdogs. David, you didn't want to do James Madison? They play tonight, and they're going to roll. So, no. Ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. I love it. I think I'm going to have to tell you on that. James, uh, James Madison has been really solid uh, in college football. Mm -hmm. uh, Bill, looks like you're going to the college ranks. And are you taking a massive favorite here? Are you taking Oklahoma minus yeah. 18 and a half? Yeah, because I, I realized that I didn't even know that Central Florida was in the Big 12. And I have no idea why they are in the Big 12 because they've gotten smoked every time they've played so far in the Big 12. So I'm going to roll. I know, and it probably hurts Jinx's heart a little bit, and I apologize for that, Jinx, that I'm supporting your oh, arch right. rival in Oklahoma. But I'm going to lay the 18 and a half against Central Florida because I don't think Central Florida can score with them. But before we move on, I want to clear something up from last week. We learned a valuable lesson on this show last week. I like to point this out. So, David, if you please, for those of you who weren't with us last week, go ahead, drop the soundbite. Well, I'd just like to preface this by saying that I am the only one 5-0 survivor and my parlay picks. But I'm going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks here. They're Whoa. minus 160 at MGM. I just think Kansas is much better than Oklahoma State. <laughs> That is just That's karma. So that is karma, karma, karma. I mean, you oh don't no. mess oh, with man. the gambling gods. You don't brag about being five and zero oh in both. It's a terrible, terrible move by you, Matt. Terrible move. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! You only won five and zero, oh, but you're five and one now. So. Oh. <laughs> 
not a lot to save for himself over there. But Matt, we got you. You're still contributing to the show parlay in a big way over the course of the season. All right, uh, Jenks, I don't even know what your pick is. You haven't typed it in the rundown. So enlighten us. I am going Missouri minus seven at home against South Carolina. Dude, come on. Shane Beamer broke his foot and gave up that lead to Florida. Lost that game in the fourth quarter. But here's the thing. If you've watched South Carolina play, number one, this is one of the worst defenses in the country. Okay, so Missouri is going to light them up because Missouri can absolutely pass the ball behind Brady Cook. Also, watching Spencer Rattler, I mean, that poor guy has no offensive line at all. South Carolina's offense is Spencer Rattler running for his life. This has moved from six and a half to seven, so I'm getting it before it goes to seven and a hook. But this is also a bad spot for South Carolina coming off a really tough game against Florida. Now they have to go on the road and they won't be able to stop that Missouri attack in Columbia Tigers minus seven hosting Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. I'm not going to lie. Missouri's dead to me after that waste of a cover against LSU. That was brutal. Yes, that was the right side. That was a really bad beat. Hmm. All right, so now it's time for my pick. And, Jinx, I kind of wanted to change it and go with your other archman nemesis and make you back Baker Mayfield. I almost took the Bucks yeah. at home. One week we should do that. Just put together all of the teams that Jinx hates in the show parlay so he has to root for him. But Texas A&M does not play this week, so maybe this week was not the choice. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup over his receiving prop. It is sky high at 90.5 receiving yards. But listen, this is Cooper Cup we're talking about. He's gone for at least 118 receiving yards in each of the first two games that he has played in. And now he gets the Steelers, who have been really bad against number one receivers. Nico Collins of the Texans had 168 yards for the Texans when they faced the Steelers. Devontae Adams had 172. Amari Cooper had 90. Brandon Ayuk had 129 receiving yards and two touchdowns when the Niners faced the Steelers. So I'm going to go with that. Cooper Cup, it feels like the number is never high enough for Cooper Cup. So I will go with the matchup god and Cooper Cup going over his receiving yards of 90 and a half. So just to recap the picks, we've got Matt taking the Browns on the money line, minus 150 over the Colts. David's taking Alabama, minus eight and a half over Tennessee. Bill is taking Oklahoma, minus 18 and a half over Central Florida. Jenks is taking Missouri minus seven over South Carolina. And I'm taking Cooper Cup over his receiving prop of 90 and a half yards, minus 115. But the parlay is 20 to one. If you bet $25 on it, you're getting a payout of over $500. But we have a few minutes left. It's time to stir the pot. It's time for uh, me to open up and say, okay, if you have a problem with somebody else's pick, now is the time to do it. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I say we go 5-0 and this week. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. Bill, you just talked I'd about – I'd love that. I'd love that. Like learning lessons about saying we're going to do something and you're over here saying we're going to go 5-0. and You can't say that now. Ooh, I, I didn't guarantee that's right. it. I just said that I think we will go 5-0. and it's no guarantee. I didn't brag. That was a motivational speech. It's like, how about we win this week? 
I would like to go five and zero. I don't know if it will happen because gambling is very difficult. But I would appreciate going five and zero. You just kind of like massage it, sort of, you know, slowly manifest it, where you don't go crazy. That's, I think, that's the. You just kind of find that middle ground. David, I'm really surprised to see you laying eight and a half. Can we talk about this for like the ten seconds that we have? Sure, go ahead. You yeah. want an underdog? I, I, I'm sorry. I like Alabama in this spot. I really do. I think Alabama trucks them at home. So. Yeah, I'm going to take Alabama. I've been leaning a little bit more towards taking favorites lately. Ooh, I don't like it. I like plus money, double B. <laughs> but we know that David will have a huge degenerate parlay for us on Friday that we'll all make up for it. All right, we've got to get to break. Hour three is next on the Daily Tip. Uh, at the top of the hour, talking to Mark Drumheller, all things Philly sports. You'll want to hear it. It's next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.